0: Hello to my fellow witches and bad bitches, I'm Luna Serranova, and I'm here to chat about my experiences as a modern witch and my journey to embrace my inner bad bitch. If you want to learn more about harnessing your divine femininity and becoming unapologetically authentic, this is the place for you. I will be discussing all things witchy and all things bad bitchy, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, you're in the right place. Make sure to follow me at Luna Saranova on all platforms, including YouTube, for even more special content. You can support me and my podcast at my Patreon, where you will get tons of extra goodies, including early access to podcast and YouTube videos, exclusive access to members-only content, including tarot readings, live-stream Q&As, group rituals, book clubs, and even more. So on that note, welcome to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Hi friends, I hope you're excited because today is going to be so cool. I met with Angelica Cressy and she is so cool. She is the High Priestess of Hades. She does legacy coaching and she is so in tune with the Divine Masculine um, and i She's someone I've been following for a while, and she is actually a listener of the podcast. And so it was just a really great mashup, and I had genuinely so much fun in this episode. This was so cool, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. We're going to talk about so many cool, cool things. So get ready, jump on board, and let's just jump into it. hi everyone welcome back to good witch bad bitch it's luna and i have a guest today and i'm so freaking excited you guys i have angelica and she is the legacy witch on instagram and i will have all of her information in the show notes as well but say hello angelica welcome to the show
1: thanks so much for having me i'm so excited to be here i love the show and yeah i can't wait to chat
0: yeah thank you i'm like so excited because I've been following you for a very long time. I'm not sure. I think I found you through Captolia, but I'm just like, so into your energy. And, um, most of you guys who know me know that I work very exclusively with female deities, but I'm not opposed to male deities at all. I'm just like, I don't know. I think a lot of us ladies have had bad experiences with men. And so we're like, ew, especially the idea of like a patriarchal God, like coming from a Christian background. It's like, It's something that I think there's a lot to be healed around. So when Mm -hmm. I see like a beautiful, powerful woman who's just like, fuck yeah, that's my shit. I'm like, okay, let me learn about this. So um, I already know about you. I would love if you could just introduce yourself and let everybody know like your vibes, like how would you get here?
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm Angelica Kreishi. um Yeah. I'm the legacy witch. I am the high priestess of Hades. Um, so I work very closely with, with Hades from the Greek pantheon, um, the Lord of the Underworld. Um, and then in my client work and stuff like that, I do, I'm like a like a life coach for witches and leaders, um, as well as just, you know, a tarot reader and an astrologer. And I weave that into coaching and all that type of stuff um but <clears throat> how i got here um th- for as far as like masculine deity um i guess like i just always was really drawn to deity work and i think the first it's funny i have like the opposite experience because i don't really work with like feminine deities or like divine feminine goddesses i'm like i just hopped into paganism when I was like a teenager I live in Salem right now Salem
0: Massachusetts I'm so jealous I know and I'm so angry (laughs) like what a blessing to be there that is so cool
1: yeah and it was amazing growing up I grew up like in the Boston area and so we would go to Salem on the weekends my dad was like a local historian and he was really into the um Yeah, just like the history of the area. So we would go on like little tours and things. And um, I was just like wandering in the shops. and I was like, well, paganism is a thing. Like, it was always just a thing that you could do. And I knew people that were pagan in my life sort of growing up. And so when it, I was raised Italian Catholic though, but um, you know, that's it was like Catholic light. It was like as <laughs> sort of as like lightly yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of saints and like, you know, some holy water, and that was basically it. But um yeah, I just sort of started learning a little bit more about paganism, like as a thing that I could do when I was like 14, 15, 16. And the first thing I thought of was I Feel like i know who my my god is and i had always had this connection with hades since i was like a child I would, i'd always loved uh that myth um and all of his other sort of attributes and i was just like i guess i will just start there and i that's sort of where it started and where it ended
0: <laughs> yeah that's really awesome because i was curious i feel like hades is like he's like big guns like that's a big guy to just like step into <laughs> like for your first time i love yeah. that though um, I always ask. And so I'm just curious, what's your big three? <laughs> oh my gosh. Of
1: course. Yeah. So my big three, I am a Capricorn sun, Sagittarius moon, Capricorn rising.
0: Yes. I love that. And I actually, this is funny. You guys listening don't know this, but like a couple months ago I messaged Angelica and I was like, what's your big three? Cause you're giving me Scorpio vibes. But then when you explained it, I was like, Oh dude, you're so Capricorn. Like mm-hmm. with the legacy training and everything." Like. Oh, I love that Capricorn is like one of the most, it's very separate from any, like it's in my, it's my midheaven. Um, but other than that, I don't have really anything in Capricorn. It's something that I love. And I'm just like, so into that. I really want to embody it more. So I'm just kind of obsessed with Capricorns. So I just love yeah. the energy. Yeah, yeah. And Scorpio is my
1: midheaven. And I think oh, that's yeah. probably why you thought I was a Scorpio or like had yeah. Scorpio energy. Cause the midheaven is, the uh you know it's your legacy and it's your public image right sure. um so it's sort of how how people see me and it's sort of why I'm uh, you know on the internet talking about like the occult and the underlying right. propionic the themes and it's my you know my public image
0: yeah yeah it definitely comes off too like with the red brick wall and the very like <laughs> contrast and vibe so into it um well cool cool so I was also raised Catholic. And I think that's something I was just talking about this the other day. I think it's so funny for people who were raised Catholic, who then go into paganism, because like, it's actually not that different. Like Catholicism is spooky as hell. That shit's crazy. So then jumping in and like with all the like saints and stuff, having multiple people you pray to, is not that Mm -hmm. crazy as opposed to somebody who was maybe Baptist first. So I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. And I like that. Um, it doesn't seem that like you had any distaste towards like a god which is something that i think yeah. i'm not sure why i had that but it's something that i think is really interesting and i think that gives you like a really good clean slate to like describe what it's like working with a male deity um yeah so you said that you like just knew hades was kind of like your guy what like were there signs or were you just because my okay my only I want to share this my only experience with Hades uh besides what I messaged you that was really cool a couple weeks ago I had a pretty cool experience but straight up when I think of Hades for like the entirety of my life I really picture um from Hercules like with the blue hair and here's the I fucking loved him. He was my favorite character. I was like, this dude's spicy. And I know that's so, so far from the reality. So I'm really interested to hear like your, like how you got connected with him and what his energy like feels like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because the Hercules, and this is just goes back to my Italian uh, upbringing, (laughs) my Italian Catholic upbringing is I was like raised by my Italian grandparents because my mom, worked and my dad worked and um, we exclusively had movies in Italian. Like, I don't even know where they got them. (laughs) They were like falling off the the truck or something. I don't know where they got these like bootleg uh, Disney, like Italian movies, but we had Hercules in Italian. And so I never got like to experience like the American like Disney Hercules with like the it's like the almost like the the New York accent yeah. like the, the blue hair I just knew the blue hair but I just it was an Italian so I was like I don't I don't even know what's going on um but yeah no I do really I I, th- I think I prefer the Disney Hercules over um Hades over like other you know people talking about him because I just feel like um I just feel like he has more personality and is more like jolly. And I and I do feel like Hades has that. But um yeah, you're originally asking me, right? Like like how I sort of got into working with Hades. And there definitely were signs in my in my childhood and and when I was a teenager. Um it was interesting because I I had so many different experiences that I tied later together, like I sort of mapped them all out later on, but um, one of them was I was watching The Corpse Bride, and Corpse Bride came out, I think, in 2004 or something, and so it was like really, I was really young, I, yeah, I was probably like seven or eight, and I was watching The Corpse Bride, and I just remember like bawling my eyes out during the movie. And I was watching with my older sister and my mom and my mom was like, what, what is the problem? Like, I know it's kind of like, is it scary? Like, are you scared? You know? Cause it was, I guess it was like a spooky movie or whatever for a kid, but I was like, no, I'm just crying because I know that like, I'm from there. Like I'm from that, that on un- the underworld or like the afterlife, like that's where I'm from. And my mom was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. You know, that's kind of cool. And I was like, no, you don't understand. And for like weeks I was just going on and on about that um and then there was another experience in my childhood where I would always see like a guy standing in my room at night and he always had this like helmet on and it was almost like this um yeah. Like, you know, how kids see ghosts and stuff like that. It was like, I, I sort of, at the time was like, mom, there's like a like guy with like black clothing and like long black hair. And like, he was wearing like this like helmet and I could like see his hair underneath and he just looked almost like, you know, very regal, but at the same time he looked like he was wearing like almost like leather, like armor or like some sort of, you know, like battle, like uniform with this helmet. And I always just felt like he was watching over me, like just sort of watching me. And when I would stare at him, I would kind of blink and he would like disappear. But he was always in my room at night Um, and come to find out that in Hades's myth or in one of them, um, he has like a helmet that he wears when he comes to the mortal world that he um that makes him invisible so I was like that was Hades with the helmet in my room and I could see him because I was like a child
0: right oh that's so cool Mm -hmm. oh I love that okay cool well okay I like realized we're gonna talk about the divine masculine but I was just so excited about Hades I'm just so pumped to that like I think that's just so cool um so we'll talk more about Hades but um thank you for sharing that story that's really cool was your mom because I had an experience where I was seeing like shadow people or I don't know who it was and I told my mom and she's like no you didn't (laughs) were your parents like into spirits or were they like a little passive about that
1: my mom was into it she Mm. my mom like has always been kind of psychic um and she used to read tarot cards when she was like in her 20s and 30s um she doesn't she doesn't anymore I don't really know why, but, but she's very into like all this stuff now. Like she's very proud of me and is like, oh yeah, my daughter's a witch. And this she'll like tell all sorts of people, <laughs> she's like a hairdresser. And so she's always like, oh, I love my clients. Like, yeah, my daughter's a witch. She does it professionally. And it's like super funny, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, she was fine with it. I think at, at the time she was a little bit more like, all right, kind of weird, kind of strange, but like, you know, maybe don't mm-hmm. tell people, but yeah. like, you know, like, I believe you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's so awesome that you have like you've had so many of those symbolisms of him come through from such a young age. I think that's really telling. Um yeah. okay, cool. Let's talk about the divine masculine because again, mm-hmm. like I have so much I could say about it. I think that a lot of my personal wounds are around my masculine. I think I was very masculine growing up. Um and then I just kind of started to I think I think a mixture of capitalism and other things, toxic masculinity and work culture in America. It's like kind of created a lot of um, Mm -hmm. like toxic masculinity, but not in the same sense within, I think a lot of us Um, just like really unhealthy view of success, work culture, like the hustle um, Mm -hmm. culture, things like that. And I think it's so, and so I think that's kind of the reason I get really deep into the divine feminine, because it's something I've had to be very, very like conscious of and like really work towards it but I think there's a lot to be said for creating a healthy divine masculine within you and that's something that I really struggle with and I don't like have anything to say to my audience about it because I'm still like deeply healing that within myself so you seem so integrated within your divine masculine so I'm curious about like how that's been for you and especially with like hustle culture and success and things like that. Like, how do you, what is a healthy divine masculine? What does it look like? How do you heal it?
1: No, (laughs) I love it. This is like so good.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I think I really like everything you said. And I think that, um, it is still definitely like a process, especially being such a Capricorn. Like I have huge Capricorn first house stellium and it does sort of make me (laughs) quite like, hustly and like okay we got to work we got to do this um but I think that's where like almost like the legacy part of my work comes through and comes from because I really do see like a healthy healed divine masculine energy within yourself and like a healed sort of like hustle culture mindset is instead of like thinking okay we have to just do everything right now and like we're working harder not smarter I think of it more as like okay I really want to like set myself up So that I, everything I'm doing is adding to what this like greater, like, you know, um, legacy image is, and I can sort of work on things intermittently and sort of build up this long standing legacy and so everything I do is very strategic. And, um, even the projects that like, I haven't even, you know, I don't, I haven't released it. I haven't talked about it. It's like, everything is just has a certain amount of strategy to it. And I think that comes from me being, you know, really integrated in my masculine
0: side. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I love that. And I love everything that you talk about with legacy because it's so weird. I was like, when I found your page, I was like, why have I not been thinking about this shit? Like, yes, that it's like, it just put into words something that's really near and dear to my heart. Like, what the fuck are we here? Like, why are we here? What do we want to leave? And I think that oftentimes we get so stuck into like goal. This is my two-year goal or whatever. And it's really been beneficial for me to, um, seeing your content, ask myself, like, what is the like overarching thing. Like, what do I want to do? And I know you do like tarot and astrology within um, your legacy coaching. And I know that you, cause I commented on one of your posts a while ago that I have um, Saturn in my 12th house of Aries. And you were just like, Ooh, you need to implement good habits into your life. And I was like, shit, (laughs) you are so right. So I'm really curious about the integration of like astrology within, um, like legacy coaching, like, I guess I do astrology readings as well, but I I've never looked at it as a form of like how this correlates to your legacy. Does that make sense? I'm curious, like how you, yeah, yeah hundred
1: percent. And I'm just like, so in love with that Saturn placement because you know, the two interesting things about that is first of all, Saturn loves being in the 12th house. It's like his joy. Like he just adores the 12th house um which is kind of fun and I think it's because he can um yeah he can get a little bit more into that like Piscean energy that he's usually not Mm -hmm. in and he gets sort of like let let loose a little bit and sort of like you know because I think of Saturn which is a big part of like legacy and astrology as a little bit like I don't think of him as quite such a horrible planet or like yeah everyone's like all the planet of limitations and I'm like we're we're able to, Yeah. yeah, we're able to like create beauty in our life because of limitations and because of, um, things that sort of create a little bit of resistance for us and like some roadblocks. Um, but Saturn loves being in the 12th house. And then I love that it's, he's also sort of in his fallen Aries, which I think for the malefic's, actually kind of almost can strengthen the malefics him and Mars. Um, I think that when they're in detriment or exile or in their fall, um, there's a little bit, there's almost like a little bit of an ease of, of the energy because they're so like when, you know, when they're in a, in a placement that they feel really comfortable in, like, um, you know, Capricorn corner, something like that. Um, they're very strong. So anyway, and I have Saturn and Aries too. So I'm just like, oh cool. <laughs> Saturn Aries. I love I love <laughs> Saturn in its fall. But yeah, no, it's, I just love your placement. But no, to answer um to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I really look into areas like the 10th house, the midheaven, the nodal access. Um, I do like to check, like, you know, the the planetary, um, dignities and things like that to see, you know, see what planets are really, um, heightened in the chart, see what is happening. I kind of take a, like when I do, you know, my, my astro coaching, my legacy, you know, coaching work, um, I really do like make the chart a huge part of every session. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about, you know, the moon sign with your motivations and and what truly motivates you. Let's look at your, the modes, um, you know, are you cardinal? Are you fixed? Like, how do you get things done? Um, and it it all just gives a pretty good picture of like how this person's life, um, could, could be, be laid out. Right. Cause that's sort of what we try to do with legacy work is like, how do I want my work to be laid out? And legacy is partly, you know, other people's perceptions of you. So it's not always uh, something that you can really control, but we kind of go through the things that maybe we can control. Um, and that's what we focus on.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, so I loved everything you said about, um, Saturn and Aries twelfth house, mm-hmm. because when I first started doing astrology, I got my first astrology reading done by somebody else. Cause I was like, I probably need to see what other people do <laughs> before I start doing my own. And I have a lot in my 12th house. I have my sun, Saturn, Mars, and Mercury all in my 12th house of Aries. And the lady said, she was like, well, your Mercury and your Saturn are conjunct. So you're just going to have a really hard time, like ever like communicating yourself properly. And she didn't give me like any advice. She's just like, You can't speak, that sucks. And I was like, oh that's not cute. Like I hate that. And so I love that you're talking about how, like, first of all, Saturn's not like people do really say mean things about Saturn. I always view Saturn, I view Saturn and Capricorn kind of just as like daddy energy, (laughs) like like sugar daddy. So that's less intimidating than like he's mean and limiting and all that stuff. So I always appreciate when fellow astrologers are like there's so much more than just like this really weird limiting like interpretation that just makes you feel bad like there's always yeah. there's two sides of it yeah uh, and
1: saturn is like a really oh sorry to interrupt you saturn is like a really interesting um mythological character you know he's chronos he's hades's dad uh that you know ate him and his siblings, um, you know, all the siblings, Zeus, Poseidon, like, and Demeter, and, and um, Hestia. Um, you know, he, he consumed them all, and it was because he got this prophecy that his son or one of his children was going to become the new king of the gods. Cronos used to be, the or Saturn, used to be the king of the gods for the Titans. And then he um, didn't want that prophecy to come true. So he just sort of got rid of all his children. And so we think of Saturn as like this, you know, he's the, it's the planet of limitations, the planet of time. Um, but Saturn himself like hated time, like hated the very thing that he ruled over because he was like, I'm running out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that Saturn has this like, almost like he consumed his posterity. He has this very um, self Um, defeating sort of behavior where he is the God of time, but then the very thing that set time into motion or set him, you know, like Mm -hmm. made him, yeah, have to like step down was time, right? That's what made him have to, had to step down. And he just, um, he had a really difficult time with it. So I always say like the things that Saturn struggle with are the things that we struggle with and we have that in common with him.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that interpretation a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. I have so much stuff. I have so many things to talk about and to ask. This is really fun. Um. Okay. Let me think where to start. Well, first of all, thank you for explaining that because like I said, I literally, I don't know much about Greek mythology. Um, I did just buy this book called Saturn, a new look at an old devil, I think is what it's called. And it's a book and that's like all about Saturn placements in astrology. And I think it goes into a bit of the mythology super mm-hmm. excited to look into that because it's just so like advanced and i love that um but i okay i'm interested in everything but let me just really quick ask some more about like using the divine masculine within your career and uh specifically you know like in a healthy way like we kind of talked about like i don't know it comes very naturally with your capricorn energy but i find myself very um Like, first of all, Aries, Sun, Pisces, Moon, there's a lot of shit (laughs) happening like all the time, but it seems like I always overexert myself and work and then get burnt out. And it's just like a vicious cycle. So what Mm -hmm. would you say for people out there who feel like they get burnt out very easily or they haven't been able to like find a good balance within their masculine and feminine? Um, I know we kind of touched on this a bit earlier, Mm -hmm. but more in like a career sense, like how does that work?
1: Absolutely. What I would really do is figure out what what mode um, in astrology you have most of in your charts. So there's there's cardinal, uh fixed, and mutable. Those are the three modes or like sometimes they're called the triplicities. Um, and I'm very cardinal. So that's like Capricorn, Aries, Cancer, Libra energy. And I have, um, you know, I have Capricorn as my first house. So it's, you know, I'm angularly on my angles. Um, That's how we would say it in in the world of astrology. I'm angularly cardinal. Um, And that's typically what your mode is. So whatever your rising sign is, um, is going to be like whatever mode that corresponds to is going to be for the most part, your mode. I mean, sometimes the sun and the moon and you know, other placements can create like a secondary one. But um, anyway, I would figure out what that is and then sort of like look into um, how that mode works. So cardinal is known as um, initiating, mutable is dispersing and um, fixed is sort of like sustaining. So if we think of it as like all of them as fire, like I just like to use that (laughs) mental image, it's like cardinal is like, it's like the, the torch, uh, fixed energy is just sort of like a nice, like roaring fire. And then mutable is like a wildfire, just like it's everywhere. It's like dispersing. Um, and so I, as a very cardinal person, am like, I'm initiating. Right. And so that's what I do best for my clients. I'm like a catalyst. And then for my personal work, I really like to work in bursts. And if I don't feel like the fire in me, then I just can't do it. And some people might think it's going to like, oh, burn me out if I just like work straight for like two weeks. But sometimes that's just, if I have the fire, that's just what I want to do. And then I just rest for two weeks. Right. And it's very almost like anti-capitalist or anti like what we think of as like the work culture in this world, I would say like, that's like fixed energy for the most part. So if you are very fixed, you know, you might do very well with like a nine to five or something like that. But if you're mutable or cardinal, you know, there's probably a different type of, you know, work-life balance that you naturally have that feels really like the, the culture doesn't support it. And I would just like give yourself permission to create your own schedule if you're able to do that um, and be okay with maybe taking a lot of time off if you need to.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I love everything you just said. Yeah. It was like five times where I was like, oh my God, yes. Okay. So I think that I am, um, my I'm a Taurus rising, but I think I have so much Aries that I think I am heavily cardinal. And what you said about like getting those bursts of energy and then having to rest for two weeks, that's so... Like resonant to my experience, and I think that I get burnt out just when I am forcing myself to like work Mm -hmm. this time to this time every single day, and then like break at night. It's like that's not you know. It's more about just leaning into your intuition and like what feels right. What you know, I think just like working when it doesn't feel right is just not good. And that sounds so like duh but I think, you know, just years of capitalism, it's just, you know, you go to work, you do what you have to do, even if you don't like it, but that is, we've strayed far as humanity with capitalism. It's not cute. Um, but yeah, I loved everything you said about that. That's really interesting. I loved that. Um, okay. So I have one thing that I really, really want to ask you and I want to make sure we get yeah. it in. So moving back to Hades, cause I'm just yes. very interested. <laughs> um, And I feel like you're just like this big book of Hades information. I think it's so cool. Um, There's so much. So, okay. You mentioned that you do see him as more playful and stuff kind of portrayed in the movie Hercules, but I have seen a lot of information from people and I don't know their sources. Maybe like there's someone on TikTok who cares, but it's just people who really like kind of demonize him, make him seem very Mm -hmm. scary. Obviously, I think people who were raised Christian or Catholic or, you know, anything like that, maybe just have a knee jerk reaction to any sort of underworld character. Um, and I, I do feel like that's just really skewed in hate and just fear, I guess. So I'm really curious, like, what is he underneath everything? Like, what's the tea? He seems like a cool dad.
1: yes yeah and it's so funny because a lot of like people when they start working with Hades um usually people in my like Hades group House of Hades Society will either be like he's like my dad like my cool protective dad or he's like has like sugar major sugar daddy energy yes I love that those are like the two things I always hear I would say for me it's like he is He's very stoic, but it doesn't necessarily translate to, like, everyone saying he's, like, you know, gloomy and, like, really, like, you know, almost like a downer and, like, just really, yeah, really intense in, like, this, you know, almost, like, dark way. I don't think he's, I don't think he's those things, but I would say he's very, he's very stoic. He's very Mm -hmm. um, calm and protective and I mean, he does laugh a lot. Like you know, he is—he is kind of has that fun, um, almost like sensual side to him, uh, like Scorpionic kind of funny side. But um, yeah, I would just say he's—he's he's a really calm presence, um, to be honest. And that's why I think he is so like loved by the people that work with him. He's very kind. And he really, like, hasn't had followers for, like, a long time. This is, like, the first time in history where he's had, like, a substantial amount of (laughs) devotees and, and followers, which is so interesting to me. In ancient Greece, I mean, like, he had, like, every temple to Hades, which there was, like, a couple in Greece. There weren't even many. There was, like, two or three. They only all, all of them only had one priest and it was typically a a man, which is interesting, but, um, one priest and he would go into the temple one time a year, um, to do some sort of like death, you know, ritual for Hades. And then he would come out and then you wouldn't see him for like another year. And that's just the Hades devotion (laughs) of time. And so it's just so interesting that like he, we he's, he's so eager to work with people and he's so like excitable when he, when people start calling to him. And he comes in with like such protection and and excitement and he's just like, yeah, let's just create change in your life. And that's like why I do the work I do with legacy and, you know, why I'm really interested in helping people with their life purpose, because that's the advice he's given to me. He's like, you know, you have to like live, you're on earth for a reason and you have to like live and and do sort of what you, your soul set out to do um, in the full fullest extent that you can Um, and so all of my work is is sort of informed by the way that Hades um sort of thinks we ought to live
0: yeah oh when you were saying only a few temples I was like poor guy he probably is so nice like he just wants to hang out oh wow I love that I also so I loved how you were saying um like you know you're a human you're here to live And I love that in conjunction with work, because I think a lot of us have this um, just from capitalism again, like just getting so dissociative when we go into work and it's just some shit we have to do and not having a career or a job that we feel is full of life. And I think, I mean, yeah, like we're here to live and to vibe and to experience and to have fucking fun, like life's. Mm -hmm. Literally wild, like at least let's have fun with it and do something that makes you feel good. So I just like to hear that when talking about careers, because I feel like I don't know, maybe I have like a nihilistic view of the workforce, but um, <laughs> I love hearing that. That's awesome. Um, I have one other mythology thing that I was curious about. Oh gosh, yeah, ah. I stuck in my ring. Um, so I did get really into Persephone um Mm -hmm. a couple months ago I was just like let's research her let's see what she's about and there were um I read a lot of different mythologies um or I guess not mythologies but takes on the Hades and Persephone um and there were some people who were like very like Hades is a bad guy he's predatorial and then there was one where it mentioned like yo the gods don't have to eat there's this idea that Persephone like took the pomegranate seeds willingly because she really wanted to stay there um Mm -hmm. and I thought yeah we love to see like an independent woman making choices for herself and I was just curious you obviously have a lot of research within the (laughs) mythology like what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah
1: absolutely yeah it's very it's a it's an interesting hot topic um (laughs) personally like I really believe that Persephone sort of was like liberated by by Hades I mean that's my <clears throat> personal sort of belief on the on the topic where like uh sometimes I tell the I retell the myth sort of as this where I say um you know Persephone was living in the meadow in Sicily where Demeter placed her um and it was sort of a fact um that A lot of the gods knew that she was born but um they had never met her and like Demeter was sort of keeping her a secret and sort of like hiding her away and um her name before her name was Persephone was Kore, um which actually means like child basically it translates to child in Greek um and so her name was like literally child or like maiden or, or something along those lines And um, Hades, the way I I tell the story is Hades was like, you know, he had his helmet of of invisibility on, he was like surveying the land because technically like he does have dominion over the land and, you know, sometimes like the growth of like certain fruits and um, certain vegetation as well as like the crystals and like all of the wealth um, under the earth, which is so cool. And so I always say that he was like out surveying this wide stretch of land and he came across persephone or she was known as corey back then and he was like hey you're you must be the goddess that everybody keeps saying that was born but we've never met you like i've never seen you like are you okay like do you need help like what's going on and she's just kind of like i don't know like like i've never been out of this of this meadow like i don't know what to what to do or what to say and so then from there he's like all right well i have a plan you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take you to the underworld. We're gonna, we're gonna, like, I'll marry you. I'm single. Like, I'm, you know, I've been looking for a wife. Like, I will marry you so that you can see somewhere else and like love somewhere else. And obviously, he was like in love with her too. So that definitely played into it. And so that's sort of how I like to tell that particular story. But I also think that there is a lot of merit in diving into all the different like varying ways that that story is told because Hades does rule over the shadow and he does rule over isolation and like scorpionic themes and like things that are really difficult and um all the dark sides of like the Scorpio kind of personality which can be very obsessive and I do feel like a lot of Hades devotees are really quick to be like didn't happen nothing like that and truly do I believe that it, that it happened that way. Not really, but I think that there's such a, it's it's so interesting that so many people uphold that story. And that's like the societal mm-hmm. story that we tell. That's like the tale that's been passed on. So there must be some truth in the collective unconscious of how we view that story. And I think that it's it's a big part of who, like partially what he represents. So I do feel like Sort of have to engage with the shadowier side of the story, which is you know, he like abducted her and took her into the underworld, um, like and she didn't want to be there, and they sort of had to work things out from there.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you for your retelling, that was really cool, and for telling us all about the myth for anybody who didn't know. Um, yeah, okay, I had a thought that came up and I'm losing it. Oh my gosh, um. Oh, okay. I was curious if you had ever seen the musical, the Phantom of the Opera. I,
1: so I haven't, but I was in chorus
0: when I was like in high school and we sang a lot of
1: Phantom of the Opera songs. And so I kind of have like the gist, (laughs) but I haven't seen it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's something I think of. Um, So I was a theater kid. I actually got my bachelor's in theater performance. So um, that's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But so I love Phantom of the Opera. And I feel like that story reminds me of it, because it's like this really beautiful, like young adult, and she's perfect and pure and pretty. And but she's like trapped in a world where she doesn't really love it. And then she meets this guy and the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera is like, he's like disfigured and wears a mask because He's been cast out by society so he really really represents the shadow and like has a literal like underworld beneath the theater in this super sick oh you've got to watch it it's like the coolest little little like i don't know basement and they fall in love and it's like oh it's a great story that's my random rant about that um i think it's really similar and um gerard butler plays the phantom in the movie version it's very attractive. So, um, yes. <laughs> it's really, I love that. I, yeah, I yeah. love if you do watch, it. I'd love to hear if you see the connection, um, just like with your knowledge and stuff, but okay, cool. Well, I think I just have one last question, one last thing to chat about. And, um, I'm really just curious about like the work that you do because you do, um, the house of Hades society, you have a legacy lounge and then you do, I believe, offer readings. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're offering readings to people who aren't in those, but I was just curious about like what it is that you do, if you could share that with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I feel like House of Haiti Society, if you're looking for just like an, like an introduction to my work and just a way to hop in right away, um, House of Haiti Society did just open um, up as like my mentorship program. I've been running it over the course of the last year as sort of like a cohorted group program, but now I've kind of opened it up into more of like a monthly or like annual membership where you can come. I'm gonna teach classes and lectures about Hades, um, both like, you know, through philosophy, through, um, you know, mythology and like ancient history, as well as like occult um, classes around like how to use Hades in devotion or how to work with him with, in devotion and how to use like, his underworld magic and that sort of stuff. So that's all happening in House of Hades society. And then part of it is also sort of like this almost like group coaching container where we, the group meets, um, you know, once a month and we, we chat and we sort of chat about, you know, how we're integrating um, Hades's magic and transformation into our lives um, and how we want to invite more transformation. So it is a really, really cool, fun, program that I've gotten nothing but like positive feedback from like everybody that has took it has been like I feel so changed afterwards and it's honestly it was surprising to me at first because I was like I just want a way to share Hades magic but then I'm like oh yeah Angelica like Hades is very transformative as a force you know so no wonder like when people start working with him in this group it's like his energy just sort of starts to permeate and like change everyone's life So. It's very interesting. Um, and then, yeah, my other main, um, way to work with me is just through my one-to-one coaching. So I have, um, you know, like a three month and a six month coaching package where we, you know, dive deep into your legacy. We look to manifest it, um, as much as we can in your life right now. And just sort of like, it's like part, you know, energetics and, and magic of, manifesting your life's purpose part sort of like a limiting beliefs coaching package where we like really go into the the you know corners of of yourself that that might not believe you have what it takes to you know really stretch into your life purpose um and it tends to be for you know entrepreneurs and creative people and people that are looking to sort of um expand into a really big life purpose that often has to do with career. Not always. Um, I do have some like writers and um, you know, people that are just doing it for personal growth. But um yeah,
0: it's for it's for leaders and visionaries. And that's the the two main ways to work with me right now. Yeah. I've been watching and The House of Hades looks so cool. I'm so <laughs> interested in everything that you do. It's just really, really neat and I love um I just feel so intrigued by Hades and I feel like I've been getting some symbolism here and there. And so, yeah, I think this is like the beginning of my journey with that. Um, so yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you're able to let everyone know where they can find you on Instagram, um, if you've got a Mm -hmm. website or anything, whatever the app is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is Angelica S. Cresci. Um, and there's uh, so many scam accounts going on. So yes. that's my only account, And S. Preachy. Yeah. No like dashes or anything. Um, and as far as the website goes, my website is um, riverstickswitch.com. So it's like riversticks, like the river in the underworld. So it's R I um, V E R S T Y X witch.com. Um, and yeah, Instagram is, a, is probably like, the main place that I hang out but I do tweet and like am on TikTok here and there
0: yeah cool Mm -hmm. I'll make sure to put those in the show notes so that um everyone can get there because it is crazy out there you guys like with the (laughs) camera accounts like they really put like one extra eye and think they did something like Mm -hmm. it's crazy so awesome thank you so much for being on This was so fun to talk about. I really, really appreciate that. And so everyone listening, make sure to go follow and check out her stuff and um, maybe join the House of Hades Society if you want to learn more about Hades. Um, Yeah, well, thank you so much. And that is all from us today. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. See you later. What do you guys think? Did you love that? Let me know. You can DM me on Instagram, tag me and stuff. hashtag good witch, bad bitch. Um let me know what you guys thought. I thought this was so much fun. Um, I will have all of Angelica's information in the show notes so that you can follow her, um, check out her website, check out her offerings. Um, She has so much cool just free content even on her Instagram about Hades and about integrating your divine masculine and, um, you know, legacy i love it i love it so much so uh thank you again to angelica for coming on the podcast it was so much fun i hope you enjoyed it and um yeah thank you all so so much for watching um remember i am offering my astrology my tarot readings all through my website and i'm also offering many readings on heyhero.com and yeah i will see you all very soon love you guys bye